0: Welcome to the British American Business Council Los Angeles podcast. The LA is a vibrant organization and part of the largest transatlantic business network celebrated across the US and UK for its important business and social connections. Each episode, you'll hear enlightening interviews on timely subjects with British and American experts across industries.
1: Good morning and good afternoon and good day to everybody who's listening. My name is James Langridge and I am the President of the British American Business Council here in Los Angeles. And welcome back for another live event, a live webinar with the one and only Jerry Cottle from Rooftop Cinema Club. Did I get that right, Jerry? Yeah,
2: you nailed it, Yeah. yeah,
1: thank you. Fantastic. Jerry, we are absolutely delighted to have you here today. For those of you who don't know, Jerry, well, I'll let Jerry tell you for himself, but we're in for a real treat today. We're going to learn a lot more about Jerry and what he does. He's been a fellow Angelino, a fellow Brit, just an all-round great guy, and we're going to dig in and, and find a little, uh, learn a little bit more about what's been going on with Rooftop Cinema Club. Jerry, welcome. So great to have you here today.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. With that intro, uh, James, I hope I don't disappoint, so thank you very much for your kind words, sir. We can only go down from here, Jerry. It's going to be fine. <laughs> I'm into rooftops. I'm into elevating the experience. So let's. Uh... I love it.
1: There you go. Fantastic. So Jerry, welcome. Um, um, I've heard lots about you, but why don't you tell people who are listening? Why don't you give them a little bit of an idea about who you are and a little bit more about Rooftop Cinema Club?
2: Right. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a bit about Rooftop because then also my kind of story leads into um, into Rooftop, but so i've uh, been running rooftop cinema club founded it in uh, in london back in 2011 so we're heading into our 10th year i can't believe where the time has gone uh i just started i wanted to create an uh, open-air film experience really and i started doing that i started playing my dvd collection i don't even know if we they still exist today but uh, i started sort of um screening my dvd collection on a, on one rooftop in Shoreditch in east london uh, and it just it really sort of hit the mark. I think it was um, a great social experience, you know, from the very beginning. wanted to make something that's been able to celebrate films, celebrate, um, you know, watching your favorite movies on the big screen. A lot of the movies we show you, you know, things like Top Gun, Back to the Future. That was in the 80s. I love those movies, but I never saw them at the cinema. I was, I was way too young at that time. So we created this sort of social cinema experience. We grew it to five venues in London, including the, um, the Kensington Roof Gardens, which at the time was kind of, Part of Sir Richard Branson's portfolio of unique retreats. Um, had a great time there, but always had one eye on coming over to the States. Being a big fan of the U.S., did a lot of traveling here with with my dad and family when I was younger. Uh, I'm a big Elvis fan and I love Mustangs. So I'm I'm in. Oh, this is this is a place I'm going. So we brought the business over to New York actually in 2015, and obviously we, we thought, well, is it going to you know connect with with America and then and, and the you know the public here. And it did great. And we, you know, two months before we'd open, we'd sold out all our tickets before we'd open our cinematic doors. And that was it really, we were off and running. Uh, then we opened LA later that year in 2015 uh, at the Montalban in uh, Hollywood, just on Vine Street. So it was right on the Walk of Fame. And we just then spent, you know, a couple of years running the business from England and trying our best to uh, make sure everything, you know, learning the new culture of America. And but now we've grown it to kind of five venues here at the moment, and we're just we're about to turn it to a rocket ship and take it to hopefully twenty venues over the next three years. So big expansion plans, obviously, once we get past the troublesome year we've had and and COVID in general. That's so,
1: incredible. That's incredible.
2: Yeah, that's what we do. That's what I do, or what we do as a, as a company. But I always say to people, it's just as important to why we do it. And the reason I do what I do is I believe I've been put on this earth to entertain people. I love seeing people having a good time. Film is the ultimate escapism in my eyes. Nothing beats going to a movie switching after my day has been, and I think all that comes from um I grew up in an entertainment family, so I grew up in the in the circus of all places. Uh, my dad ran away to the circus um you know it was uh, all sorters and spangles and a, and a bit of elephant shit as well, so I don't know if I can say that word apologies, but um and uh, oh well yeah <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, was I was going to say Jerry
1: you you come you you know all about entertainment, you come from an entertaining yeah. background, right? so I'd love to hear a bit more about what you're saying.
2: Yeah, so absolutely. So grew up in the circus. I then actually ran away to the circus to start rooftops. That's quite funny. But I grew up, uh, I've got three sisters, you know, it's a traditional circus. I was training elephants at sort of eight or nine years old. Uh, my sisters, you know, so horseback riders, trapeze artists, jugglers. And so I had this very kind of nomadic um, lifestyle growing up. But at the same time, I was lucky I had a good education. So we had we had a you know, a kind of school on the on the circus. And we all also I spent a lot of time at home on the headquarters. But, yeah, it really was a, a fantastic, you know, big, big show. Um, Dad started from nothing. He ran away. And at one point in the 70s, he was, you know, he was the prime time. He, on Saturday nights, he had the world's largest circus tent. And on Saturday nights, people would tune in to watch the BBC Seaside specials. And at the time, this was all the biggest acts of the day. The Tony Blackburn's DJ, you know, Abbo used to go there. And it was it was kind of like the X Factor or Strictly on a Saturday night. This was 7:30 on a Saturday night, and he became kind of oh, that's happy. incredible. Yeah, and that was it really. So we grew up doing that, and uh, but I had the best of both worlds. And yeah, I've got some great stories and some some great times, and I have, I have very fond memories of, of the circus. Felt very pleased and uh, blessed to be doing something that just was a very different upbringing.
1: What a great what a great lead into. Now, obviously, I get why you like to entertain. I understand it, and there is something about watching your favourite movies on the big screen. And and some of my favourite movies are from the 80s and I was too young to really enjoy them at the the theatre at the time. So now, what you're actually doing what you're bringing back, I think it's especially with what's been going on. Let's face it, it's been a tough year and we need something to look forward to. So I can't think of many better things than being able to jump in your car and go and enjoy a driving movie. I mean, that's something that you guys have had to adapt this year, right, Jerry? Like the rest of us. And I understand that one of the things you have done is um, you have the drive in movie theatre experience at Santa Monica Airfield. How's that one working out for you?
2: Yeah, thanks for asking. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, James. It's, you know, the the companies that are lucky enough to recover or start to recover have had to be flexible, had to be creative. We felt, again, very blessed. We had, you know, rooftops, even though they're outdoors, we couldn't open. We were also a seasonal business. So uh, before we even got to, you know, the club club in March, we'd been shut for three months. We last sold a ticket in, you know, December um, 2019. So it was a real shock to us. And luckily my GM said, what about, what about drive-ins? And we thought, wow, this is, this is interesting. It's a great American tradition. We thought, is this the time to bring it back? And then we looked into it a bit more, and, and what the main thing we're about driving is that it was started in 1933 here in America, over in New Jersey, and that was just after the Great Depression. So. It really was kind of made for times of turmoil. So we thought, like, let's do this. So we got to work straight away. We'd run a drive in, a, you know, for a couple of years in London. So we had some forward knowledge back in 2015, but we'd never planned to run any in here in the States because obviously I think a lot of people felt it was, you know, kind of buried in the film archives, gone to the, you know, the, the heydays of the 60s, you know, it was big in the 60s and sort of faded out in the 80s um, here, in, here in the States. But we pivoted, yeah, we pivoted our business. And the main thing we did on the drive, in one of our big focuses was we wanted to make sure it was essential to the times and therefore we focused on safety and we focused on value and we we focused on community. Safety, obviously it was, you're in a car, you're completely contact free. We make sure that all the, you know, from checking to ordering food is completely contact free. So that was a safety part, both for our customers and our staff, of course. The value is the fact we, you know, we price it per vehicle, so we're making sure that people get a good deal in Santa Monica. You know, if you take um, over three people in a car, you end up going for less than fifteen bucks each. If you go to a matinee and get five people in a car, you'll go for a little less six dollars each.
1: That's incredible. That's a great value.
2: Yeah, it's great value. You can take your own food and drink if you want, but at the same time, we have Cloverfield Restaurant supporting us. It's great. We're helping them to to survive during these times. And then of course, that's the value aspect of it. So if you want it to be a cheapish night, you can, if you want to take your food and drink as well. And then of course, the community was the key part here. Two things, one was the business community, supporting local businesses, getting our staff back to work. And then of course, also the wider community, from the very day one, we made sure we had community screenings. So every week across all our venues across America, we do community screenings. hundred percent of proceeds go to local food banks, etc. And already we've raised over fifty thousand dollars. So that was important to give back. You know, COVID is about people over profits. It's about giving back and looking after people. And and uh, that's some of the the good stuff that's coming out of it. But absolutely, we're in Santa Monica. We're open now. We're just pleased that we can offer an experience which is safe and uh, responsible because honestly not a lot else you can do so we're just thankful we can be out there entertaining people to be honest
1: all right well you know jerry uh, that's fabulous um i mean it just shows being able to pivot at the moment and actually adapt to what's going on is so important if anyone's i mean we're getting some welcome everybody who's listening in by the way if you look at the base of your screen as q a section send me a question and we'll get them answered um Christine, thank you for your question, by the way. I will reach out to you after this uh, webinar. Thank you very much for joining today. Thank you for your question as well, and I will be in touch. Sandro, we're going to get to you. Jerry, I think you know Sandro Minetti. He's another mutual friend of ours. Sandro, we love you. We're going to ask your question very shortly. Jerry, tell me a little bit more. I mean, you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. You've got a passion for this, but where's this business going? America is the land of opportunity. There is no question about it. And you've got plans to open many, many more venues. Is that it, or you gonna? What are you gonna do after that? I feel that you're not gonna stop. So tell us a bit more about that.
2: Yeah, um, i have to check in with my family when I agree to what I'm going to agree to in the next 20 years. Of course. Um, <laughs> no, you know That's one thing about moving to America. It's, it's fantastic. There's lots of opportunity. But obviously, you know, make sure you check if you do ever do the move, make sure you check in with your family and your friends because it, it does have, you know, it can be very difficult. Um, you know, we moved over here with a, a young baby and we were new parents and in a new country. But we've got through and we you know we love it here now. And like I said, it's funny, as I've grown up, I always loved entertainment. I loved film. I didn't want to do circus. I, you know, my dad even said to me, Jerry, don't get involved. It's a dying industry. Even when dad got involved, um, it was dying into then. It's only his pure passion and work uh, ethic that really made it successful for him lots of other circuses were falling by the wayside, you know, it's it's been around for 250 years, so it really is kind of, it's felt it was kind of uh, fading out, we can obviously talk about that later. So for me, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I just kept working hard, really. Uh, And then what happened with Rooftop, I did combine my love of film and events, and that's how I really made it work. I uh, ironically it 's now i didn 't want to do circus, but I am basically entertaining people and selling popcorn for a living, so the old branch hasn 't fallen <laughs> away, which is funny right um, i didn 't know what I was going to do but I, it just happened uh, I want to take rooftop you know pardon the pun to you know to new heights I want to for me it 's uh, look, I, I love running a business, but I run a business because uh, it's an ambition. But I don't do it for the money. If you're doing ink for the money, it's probably not going to work. I think we all know that as business people. You do it for the, for the passion. And I'm passionate. I'm really passionate about making people smile. Uh, again, I get that from, I think, when I look back watching my father, I remember many times going into the circus and seeing him. And one thing I remember was he used to have an amazing circus and all these people running around, but actually he'd spend most of the time watching the audience. And it, that was the time the penny dropped. I was like, he's not in this for the, for the acts. He's in it because he loves to see the atmosphere and the, and the energy coming from the crowd. So I've definitely got that. So I think that answers the question of what am I going to be doing? I can't see me stepping too far away from um, entertainment. But as always, it's about taking a, you know, something and making it better. You know, There's not many things that are new. It's about uh, updating a previous idea or doing it better. And that's what we've done with Rooftop. We've taken open their cinema. And we're trying to change it. We're trying to make sure that, you know, when people go to an open-air screening, sometimes open-air screenings, the sound can be okay, the projection's okay, but people don't mind because it's out in the the open. We don't want that. We want people to come have an amazing experience from the visual experience all the way through to the customer experience and make people feel loved. So we're going to do rooftop for a bit, and then we'll see. I've got my eyes on a few other things. We do a lot of experiences in London. We do, like, um, kind of golf experiences and and batting cages. So for me, it's all about just taking people away. Again, it's all around escaping. The experience in London, you go up to our bars and you're able to go and play and socialise with people and switch off. So I think for me, it's always going to be in the experience and sector. Maybe I'll move into some shows later on, or maybe I'll stay. But I think that's where my head's at.
1: You're a born entertainer, Jerry I can, I've met you for literally 15 minutes and I had a phone call with you prior to this. But I, do, I love your energy. Uh, it's just great. It's really good. And I think you're doing an incredible thing. We talked a little, we touched on on the circus and we saw... But in this pandemic we've seen one of the largest circuses in the world Cirque du Soleil they've suffered and crumbled from it as a result because they're not able to put on any shows I mean in your experience with the entertainment industry do you think it can recover and when it does will it be forever changed what's it going to look like
2: yeah it's it's, it's a really good question I think I'll answer that for both entertainment and cinema probably from what I know again I haven't got a crystal ball but Hopefully, the Cirque du Soleil of this world will be able to... I, I think when we are able to come back socially together, I think, people, I think it, people are going to come back and it's going to be a V-shaped recovery because I think people this year have been denied the chance to escape and to be entertained. Yeah. So I do think if the businesses out there can survive, I think they will see, hopefully, people coming out of their droves. That includes the theme parks and everything because, again we're humans, we're social creatures. And, you know, I always lean back to that, even during the wars, you know, one of the things uh, someone once told me, and I was always amazed by the fact that during the wars, the, the last thing that people got rid of was their radio when they were going through hard time. They, they sold their fridges or got rid of their fridges keeps her food fresh because the most important thing was to have that radio so they're connected to the world so they could switch off and I think again through hard times entertainment does more than we than, more than we realize I think and again I'll give you one last example is in the in the Roman times you used to say when times are tough give them bread and circus what the point was for that was that keep people obviously make sure people are fed but then also give them entertainment to help them survive so I think for entertainment as long as we can get through that will come back for cinema. Same thing, I think obviously there's going to be some casualties and and that's terrible and and hopefully there'll be some support somewhere. But I think it's the analogy I can probably give you is we've all got a kitchen in our house, but it doesn't mean we don't want to go out to a nice restaurant. So the same thing. Um, Obviously streaming services are amazing. We're big fans of them. We work with them. I think what they do with content is brilliant. But when you want to go and watch a big movie, people do also want to get off their sofa. So I do think when the cinemas are back open, I do think people will come back and want to see a movie on the big screen in that area. Never forget, Cinema is about dreaming. It's magical. Your inner face, the smells of the popcorn, the, the sounds of other people uh, interacting with you—you know—all those factors are what's so important. And that's what people need, and so it's that connection. People want connection. That's why COVID's been so tough because it, we've been, you know, disconnected. So again, all these things are like entertainment shows—they connect everyone. Uh, it's, it's a communal experience, and I think that's what people are going to be missing. I think so. Therefore, we're allowed to go back to those communal entertainment experiences. I feel, and I hope, they'll go back in their droves.
1: That's a great answer. As human beings, like you said, we have been deprived of that uh, interaction, that socialization with people. The BABC is well known for its networking events. For the first time ever, we didn't have a Christmas luncheon this go around because we just, it just wasn't the right time. It just wasn't possible to do. And people miss that. I miss that. I'm in sales. I like to be in front of people. I love that interaction. I don't think I'm alone with that. I look at home, I look at my kids. My kids are are Zooming into their schools virtually. It's a big difference than actually them socializing with other children. You know, my daughter graduated to middle school this year, but you wouldn't know that because it's all online. So there's that, definitely there's that debt there. We haven't had that interaction, and it's so critical, I believe, for all of us just in life. So I'm excited for us to be able to get back together when it's safe And you hit the nail on the head about being in a movie theatre. Last night, they just released the movie Tenet, which I I watched with my wife. We watched it at home. We we watched it from the luxury of our our sofa. It was a very nice movie. But I guarantee it would be more enjoyable watching it in in front of a big screen in a movie theatre. And we miss that. And so I'm I'm super excited for when that comes back. And just entertainment in general. Going to see live music. Going to see a concert. We're missing all of it. And, And I just think... What you're talking about today is that ray of hope that everybody needs. Because right now, I think we're hanging on to whatever we can get, get hang on to. Uh, every major holiday event this year has been—I don't want to say cancelled, but changed in the way that we're able to celebrate them. Christmas is around the corner, New Year's, and then we're into the new year. So we're forever grateful and hopeful that we'll, we'll definitely come back. Sandro. Uh, who's listening in has asked us a question, and I think we've already answered it. But I was, I'm going to ask it for him regardless. Sandro says he's been a happy customer of Rooftop Cinema Club. Let's actually bring Sandro in. Actually, um, let's see if we can actually get him in and allow him to talk. Sandro, are
0: you there? Uh, I am indeed. Hello, nice to speak to you. Really enjoy Welcome, the- Sandro.
1: It's great to have you here, buddy.
0: Thank you. And, uh, Jerry, I must say, you know, I've been a very uh, happy customer of yours since 2015. I relate to what you're saying as a consumer. Yes, it's great to see those classic movies in a different way and in such a comfortable environment. The Santa Monica Airport experience is a huge success. I thought there might be 20 cars. It was it was a giant extravaganza. It was brilliant. Everybody loved it. I celebrated my birthday there last week. Oh, so uh, wow. thank you for um, making such a great birthday. What I wanted to ask was what you've learned from the drive-in experience that might change your business model go- going ahead. Um, you said that that's a form of entertainment that's been around since the 1930s. Do you think it's going to disappear again uh, once everyone has the vaccine or do you think this will be a part of rooftop cinema club either seasonally or, or, or going forward yeah no. that's a great
1: question sandra
0: It is
2: a great question and again i wish i had the crystal ball but i've got some thoughts but don't uh don't hold me to them because it's uh, like you i think we're all a bit we're all we're guessing a little bit and feeling around in the dark but i think look i think any company looking back over the past year i think the ones that have overcome it and have been lucky enough to survive are taking those these lessons they're learning and trying to put them into their 2021 strategy you know to talk sort of on the business side of things um, the main thing for us is we want to keep focus on what matters most to the business uh, and the team. And so for us, you know, we are always driven by creativity and creativity for us drives results. So for us, the driving is, is like rooftop. It offers the same thing. It offers a social space. It offers something, we can produce uh, an environment where we can really look after our customers. We think, again, it, it's just stunning to see the whole setup of parking the car, going out the Instagram moments, etc. Obviously at the moment, it's very strict and you have to stay in your car. But here's, here's the answer, I think, hopefully. I think before COVID, I think a lot of people just saw driving as something that was just old hat and it was always on the outside of town so people wouldn't take the trip out. I think what COVID's done is introduced a whole new Audience and a whole new sort of demographic of people to drive in. I think you've got the mums and dads who may have seen a drive in when they were younger now taking their kids, thinking, This is amazing that I can go and experience this with my kids safely. I think maybe like you know, a lot of teenagers who can you know drive from 16 here but can't obviously drink alcohol until they're 21, there's a big five year gap there where they want to be social but they want to be safe. I think you know, they're coming out in their droves with their friends to have a great night out. I think it ticks a lot of boxes, and so where before driving kind of was a victim of a land grabs where we couldn't get the good sites. Now we can get better sites in the town centers because there's less development going on with COVID and B the kind of another reason driving's kind of um, was, was struggling is so that they just didn't well they weren't able to reach the right audiences basically and the technology wasn't there and it was too expensive to do it. I think this chance now is for us we're able to do that. We're able to get good sites. But our biggest focus, to finish this answer is, is we need to modernize the drive. That's what we're gonna work really hard on. And again, if anyone's got any ideas what they'd like to see at a driving, I think we're gonna try and make it more like rooftop, very social. Uh, once we can get out of your cars, we'll make sure that people have an amazing time with cocktails and food. It was the multiplexes in the eighties that killed the driving because it offered more choice. I would argue now that drive-in done the way we do it with great food great drink great service great instagram moments is offering people a lot of choice and i think also it's comfortable and again this country loves convenience rightly wow. so so i feel it's also a convenient way to watch film so i think if we can make The most of all these uh, aspects of the experience, I think we can hopefully it will survive past COVID. But we have to modernise it. We we can't rest on our laurels and just expect people to keep coming because it has the word driving. We're going to work very hard to make it an exceptional experience and improve, keep improving on what we've already done.
1: I think you might be on to something there, Jerry. Sounds good to me. Sandro, thanks so much for your question. Jerry, that was great. Thanks for that. So I've got a ton more questions. And by the way, anyone, welcome anyone listening in. My name is James and you are listening to a live event with the British American Business Council with our friend Jerry of Rooftop Cinema Clubs is talking about the future of uh, movie theaters, drive-in theaters, rooftop theaters. There's a lot changing right now. It's forever changed, maybe, but it sounds like we've got some fantastic ideas and Jerry is delivering. That is the difference between talking about it and actually doing it. Mm. Jerry's doing it and I love that. Mm. I love it. Jerry, just a quick sidebar. I wouldn't be doing myself justice if I didn't ask you some movie related questions. Give us your top five movies of all
2: times. Oh, wow. So for me, to be honest, like I said, I played my DVD collection, so I can straight away, and they laugh at me in the office for this, um, but you know, I love films like Top Gun, Back to the Future. When I watched film as a kid, I was always, I've always been very active. I've got a sort of active mind. I used to love getting home and just watching feel good movies. I'm a real into the feel good. So it's definitely Back to the Future, Top Gun, that kind of thing. More recently, uh, let's think. I love films like Wolf of Wall Street. My favorite movie is probably Shawshank Redemption. Uh, I know that's a story of hope. I just loved that movie. If I like a movie very often I watch it twice over and that's one of the few movies that's probably on my my list. Uh what else? Yeah, that's kind of my top my top four. What's my top five? Oh, big question. I'm trying to think. What's another well, again, The Goonies, sorry, I'm just, I'm... I'm great movies. No, great movies. i you know, a lot of cinephiles may want me to name some kind of obscure kind of movies, but for me, it's always been about feel-good, switch-off movies, and that's it. I basically created that with rooftop Is, off, switch off
1: is Christmas your favourite genre then, Jerry? Because there's a lot of good time yeah, to feel yeah, good about yeah. a lot of different things.
2: Well, I love Christmas. Christmas is my favourite time of year, actually. So. Yeah i love i love it more because it's family and and, and celebration and uh, yeah a real switch off kind of time of year. and it's the only time of the year i actually get to put my feet up to be honest so i love the time between uh, christmas and new year where the phone's not ringing so i i mind you i've got another child coming potentially on the 28th of december so i might have ruined that relaxation but obviously <laughs> i'm very looking forward to meeting the little guy so uh, uh, i'm sure once i see it'll all be forgiven.
1: well congratulations in advance for that i'm very happy for you jerry Last question for me before we go back to the audience. Jerry, is Die Hard a Christmas movie?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, to be honest, if we don't play it, we normally get a lot of people. Uh, again, we've always been about the community, so we, a lot of our programming was built in the early days from listening to our audience, um, sure. requesting. We're, you know, next year, we're going to be doing, doing even more on the kind of community, more programming. I think every month across all venues, we're going to let people choose their mo- more movies. And so my answer to that is, if we don't play it, we normally get a, a lot of people kicking up a fuss, saying, why aren't you playing Die Hard? So uh, that, to me, answers that question. You know, it's got, it's got some Christmas scenes in it, uh, and it seems to be that it always makes it on the Christmas list. Hopefully. Yeah, I, I
1: get it. I think coming of age moment for me in LA, I lived here and I would drive past Century City most mornings, and one day I realised that, that was uh, the Fox building was Nakatami Plaza. And I yeah. think once you realise that, it means you officially are an LA resident. Yeah. Once yeah. you know the building, you can distinguish it. You're like, oh, okay, now I'm now I've arrived. And yeah. then that for me has always been the case.
2: You go into a coffee shop here, and, and the, anyone serving your coffee or doing anything, or you you know if you're in a restaurant, and you're speaking, some, they know more than film about you. I, I realise that very quickly. That um, even though I work in film and I love it and it's my life, people really do know their stuff here.
1: It's great. It's really nice. It's, if, you, if you love movies, if you're into movies, it's just like the best. You can have wonderful conversations. talking about escapism. Yeah. Movies really are that. You can just go down a tunnel with someone and just remember some wonderful moments from movie and cinema, whether it's an older movie or if it's a new one. It's just a great reason for people to have a conversation sometimes, and I love it. Um, we've had a, a couple of other questions here as well. I don't have your name, but we've got a, a listener... Jerry, I'm going to refer them to you afterwards. It sounds like they've got a movie that they, that they want to pitch to you.
2: Yeah, definitely. We love all that. We're, again, we're an independent company. Our programming is constantly evolving. We like to do things different. We're, you know, we choose all our programs. So if you've got any great films and you want to see if we can support and work together, more than happy. I I'd lo- I'd love that. That's what it's all about. Please get in touch. We'd love, we'd love to talk to you.
1: Absolutely. Well, I've, I've just written her details down. It's Debbie uh, Debbie V. Thank you so much for, for the stuff that you've said and we will, I'll definitely pass on your information to Jerry and Jerry, I'll allow you to reach out when you get, get the chance. Of course. Um, Jerry, you know, we're, when people run their own business and I run my own, the business is based around you and your energy, okay? You have a group of people that work with you as well, I'm sure, you know, but the driving force behind it is you, okay? So people listening in and who need a bit of motivation today, Or just to feel a bit better about everything that's going on when you wake up what's the first couple of things you do to start your day to get in the mindset of it's going to be a great day i don't know maybe you meditate i don't know maybe you could just share that because that's something that we all love to hear
2: yeah no i'd love to yeah um so there's a lot you know there's a lot on this i've read the 5am club and things like that you know it's nice to get up early but to be honest i think also as as a business leader i think it's your important that you create a pattern that works for you i was listening to you know the ceo of spotify the other day and he starts his day at 10 30. you know not a lot of ceos do that a lot of ceos say you've got to be right so firstly before you, with anyone listening make sure that what you do works for you so what works for me is i uh, i wake about 6 6 30 i normally awake naturally about five thirty, but properly kind of wake to get out of bed about 6 six thirty. i often go for a run Um, if i'm too exhausted i'll go for a long walk that really sorts my head out it really so so that's the walk or the run is is essential uh you know middle of the week i'll play a bit of paddle with a friend just to break up the um you know kind of the pattern a little bit that's the main thing just getting out and getting some fresh air i often listen to a podcast over over music funny enough i thought music helps you work out it's great but sometimes a podcast, I just, it gets me in the mood for business. So, you know, Tim Ferriss, those kind of people are fantastic. I'd say nine times out of 10, i do that instead of music. Then I will um, come back and be honest, I like to kind of get ready quickly. So then I have the last part of the day before I start my calls for the UK. I normally start quite eight or 8.30 calls and I want to spend some time with my son. So then kind of, I'll get back, I'll normally shower. One of the biggest things I've been doing the last six months and it's been a game changer, I have a cold shower. So what I do, I have a mm. cold shower and then the last 20 seconds... I turn on and it just, um, Never mind if you're a little bit tired, especially after working out, I'll have a really cold shower. I don't meditate every day. I try and meditate. I do try, but normally it's two or three times a week, depending on if if I've got early calls that sometimes eat into my morning diary. But I do like to meditate after I've worked out and then have a cold shower. But with the cold shower, just do 20 or 30 seconds at the end of your shower. The first couple of weeks will be hell. But I can tell you now, once you've had a cold shower in the morning, nothing scares you. Uh, and that is just amazing. It lifts my spirits. It, it's really good. It's been really good for the mental health and just, you know, any mornings where you're really exhausted, if you know, especially with COVID, where a lot of challenges both professionally and personally. So, and that's it, really. And then I jump on the phone, and uh, i normally spend the mornings on the phone, just working the day. We lost track. you there,
1: Jerry. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? We've uh, we've lost the sound on you, I'm afraid. Can you can you hear me? I don't know if you've
2: muted your. You. I hope this doesn't happen at the drive-in. Uh, you'll be wanting your money back. <laughs> I'm back. Oh, did you miss me? Yeah, we did. And uh, it's all right. It's all right. We, we, we have a
0: little uh, chat.
1: Yeah. Well, good. I appreciate you holding down the fort for me. Maybe you could just take over for me anyway, Jerry. You know, I, I need a vacation.
2: Oh <laughs> yeah, no, we all, God, I know, I know. This is the time, though, James. You're going to switch off, aren't you? You're going to put your feet up during Christmas?
1: Uh, to- you know what? It, it's, a, it's a good question. You know, I am um, usually, we spend, well, we spend a lot of time with family, this time of year and um, we're going to do just that, but it's just going to be my, me, my wife and my two children. And, you know, we were talking about it yesterday and we want to show some support to the local um, hospitality business. And, you know, usually, you know, sometimes we cook, sometimes we go out, obviously we can't go out. So, um, you know, but I think we're going to um, u- utilize one of the fantastic uh, hospitality packages that you can have food delivered to your house at the moment. And the hotels are putting it together. So uh, I think we're going to take advantage of that and and still eat too much. That's what we do at Christmas, eat too much food. So absolutely. But, um, you know, Jerry, I've I've got two more questions for you, and then we're going to wrap this up. You know, you've given us kind of a hint onto the future, and that is really, really exciting. The L.A. market is the biggest market. Would You say, or is it different areas,
2: what do you think on that? Well, it's, it's obviously, it's a you know, it's the home of film. Someone asked me, uh, on earlier on, early run, actually, why did you come to LA of all the places? Because you we know, we're based in Texas and uh, we're also in New York, and you know, we're moving into Florida the next year. But it was just the magic of LA, isn't it? It's where one of the big great things about being a Brit, being here, is I you know, I sit on Netflix and I just you know, my back garden's not a lot of the films I'm watching, and I just think you know, all my friends from home are telling us about stuff, and here we are in the home, so. There's a movie magic here that I don't think you're ever going to replace because it's just part of the culture. It's nothing you can do about it. You can't you can't buy culture, can you? So for me, LA is always going to be you know our home for film. We love the rest of the experience we're doing around, but we it, for me it's it's being right in the midst of here, which I've always enjoyed. So I think as for experiences here, yeah, hopefully if we get, at the end of the day if we can get the the sites and the permissions, then we're always going to try and do things that are new, exciting, and and alternative events, you know, we're event cinema, we want to make sure that you come away uh, and really have something that's different, uh, and we're a whole new form of kind of cinema. I love going to normal traditional cinema, uh, and we're just an alternative to that, and we just hope you people keep enjoying that, that kind of
0: cinema.
1: All right, fantastic. Okay, one, one last question from the audience, and a last question for me. And um, Jonathan Cowley, hi, buddy. Great to have you, Jonathan Cowley, fellow BABC board member. Great to have you here. Jonathan is asking, have you appeared in any movies, and would you like to? <laughs>
2: That's hilarious. Uh, well, uh, I used to be told I looked like the guy out of, uh, oh God, Home Alone, the, uh, you know, oh. one of the what, what's, oh God, he's still, uh, with the spider on his face, but my hair was a bit bigger, so no, but uh, I haven't appeared in a movie, I've done some, uh, done some sort of documentaries as a kid, but never appeared in a movie, what's, what's the offer, where do you need me? Um, as long as you're Yeah, to
1: take- right. Take me as well. Take me as well. That'd be great.
2: I'll take all my clothes off because my wife would never forgive me. And to be honest, um, it'd be more of a comedy than anything else. But um, <laughs> yeah, i there. Let me know.
1: Oh, that's funny. Jerry, you are very funny. Um, all right. So, you know, just taking it a step back here. And uh, I ask this question to everybody. With everything going on, and we all want something to look forward to at the moment, for everyone listening now and who's going to hear this at the end, what words, what piece of positivity would you give to everyone today, Jerry, that, that they can take with them and, and maybe think about afterwards? What would you say to anyone listening? Uh,
2: personally or from a business point of view or both? You know, just whatever you point personally. I mean,
1: just I always ask it to everybody I speak to. I always love to hear what they have to say.
2: Yeah, um, again, for 2020, for me, it's always been, um, you know, in a spiritual kind of way, it's it's kind of shone a light on on a lot of things. And I think it's brought us back to the things that really matter. That it's, you know, the simple things in life that are free, going for a long walk in nature, spending more time with the kids at home. I'm sorry if that sounds a bit generic, but I've been thankful for that. And obviously, I'm so sorry for the losses and, and, and the struggles that everyone's going through. And it's been a toughest year, I think, for everyone. But think um if you can focus on that side of it Uh, and i just think also you know never forget that 2020 in in normal terms is about vision 2020 means clear vision so i just find on a spiritual side that you know the fact that this all happened in 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 2020 is i think it's the world telling us to have a better vision look after each other be kind to each other i know i'm happiness when i'm being kind to people Uh, you know it, it costs you nothing and uh it's important so i think if we can all be a bit more kind to each other both in all aspects of our life. And I just think it, find it amazing that 2020 vision, and this is about time for a new vision. So I hope people take the, the bad and are able to recover. And uh, and I think, you know, that from a personal point of view, um, never forget the you know, opportunity to spend more time with family. And for anyone running businesses, just make sure you have the best, you know, have the access to the best information after this and, and the guts to act on it. And hopefully the future will be brighter. And so that's what we can do. But yeah, it's, it's about kindness, what COVID's done.
1: I couldn't agree more with you, Jerry. It's such a nice thing to hear it from someone else as well. And 2020, that's great. Of course, I never even think of it. 2020 vision. I love that. We need something to hold on to at the moment. And I just want to thank you. Jerry Coddle. thank you so much for spending some time with us today. You are a wonderful man. Thank you very much. Rooftop Cinema Club. Everybody listening today, there'll be some information on the e-blast that went out. We'll send out this uh, podcast. In an e blast, and it will be on our website, babcla.org. Please check it out. I'm your host, James Langridge. It's been wonderful having everybody here. Tune in on the 22nd of December for Dean Stott, uh, our SBS hero. More to follow. Jerry, you're a great man. Thank you very much, everybody, and have a wonderful afternoon.
2: Take care. We'll
1: see you soon. Bye. Bye bye.
0: Thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or your favourite platform. Your likes and reviews really do help us reach new listeners.